You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Barkley again. Barkley, 15, 10, 5, touchdown Giants! Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Pin, the best damn podcast of the best damn football team. I am your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike, the Cranky Fan, Sick Fan, Happy Fan. I don't know who you are right now. I'm just trying to get through today. I I have a bit of a cold, and uh, you know, there's only two reasons why I would buy a jersey. One, if you're a quarterback and you win me a Super Bowl, I'll buy your jersey. Two, you're a Gator and you're drafted in the first round. I get your jersey. Kadarius Tony, I love you, man. I'm glad I get, I'm glad I get to spend more years watching you. I'm very thrilled. So the Giants select wide receiver Kadarius Tony with their first round selection. We're going to go through everything that kind of happened, but I, you know, we want to take a little bit of the time. But for starters, the Giants traded their 11th overall pick with the Chicago Bears. They traded back to pick 20, where they picked Tony, and they also received a fourth-round pick this year, I think, or is it a fifth round this year? Oh, man, now now I'm forgetting. It's been a long fucking day. You know, it, like, an hour ago seems like a year ago at this point. No, I think, I it's, I think it's a fifth round this year, plus pick 20, which they used on Tony, and then next year they get a first-round pick and a fourth-round pick. So... I'm going to start off by talking about Tony, and we'll deal with the the trade scenario later because uh, that's that's going to be coming day stuff. But for right now, Kadarius Tony is a new wide receiver for the Giants. So I'm just going to talk pretty briefly about what I know about him, and then we'll go into the expert here in all things Florida Gators uh, with Cranky Fan. But we, we talked only a little bit about Tony because we didn't think he was going to be on the board for several reasons. Um he was a three-star recruit. Recruit. He was a dual-threat quarterback in high school. Um, you know, for for a three-star recruit, though, he, he did have offers at like Alabama. So uh, this, I don't want to downplay him too much, but he is fairly new to the wide receiver position because he was a quarterback in high school. Well, well, yeah. I mean, he's been playing wide receiver for four years. I mean, kind of, but he was kind of a gadget player for us. He wasn't a legitimate yeah. wide receiver until last year. So that's why he's that, kind that, of new. That's accurate. Yes. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he He's was slowly brought into the wide receiver position throughout his tenure at Florida. I, I'm not saying that he's brand new. Like, yeah. But, you know, he didn't play it prior to college. And a lot of that also was the tremendous depth that Florida's had at the wide receiver position in the last couple of years. I mean, this is a team that had, you know, Van Jefferson and, and, and you know, four guys on NFL rosters in the 2019 team. And then. You know, everybody, Grimes and all these guys they had this year, lots of talent. And he was someone that, you know, very flashy guy, you know, a big personality, someone you weren't exactly sure had 100 percent focus on the game. You know, he's someone that tried to have a fledgling rap career on the side, Um, you know, never really exactly sure if he really was 100 percent all in. And the switch went on. Last year, you know, before COVID and this whole offseason, he came back not as a guy who's a threat whenever he touches the ball, but a guy who runs real routes and runs crisp routes and has reliable hands catching the ball 10, 15, 20, 30 yards down the field. It's remarkable how his 
game on the field matured, how he matured in, in the three years, you know, he played at Florida. Yeah, so in, in, you know, last year was the only year Florida had a true pro-style offense while he was there. Um, and, you know, prior to last year, he was kind of a gadget player. He's, he's very uh, fast. No, no. Well, I mean, Trask came in in week three in 2019. So they basically ran a pro-style for a year and three quarters. I mean, I guess, but like a not, mid-year not, switch not, like that not, isn't the same. Well, it, it was early. It was 75% of the season. And I'm picking nets a little bit, but... I mean, you he, kind of are. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm just saying it's not surprising that this is a big switch for him. You know, the, the real switch happened in the offseason. He knew he was going to have Kyle Trask and, a, and this pro-style office going into this year. And he... To his credit, made the big jump. I mean, like I said, he was a quarterback in high school. He was new to the position. He was kind of a gadget guy at the start. He lines up in the backfield a lot of times. And so, you know, just general things about Kadarius Tony: Six feet, about 190, 95 pounds in there. Um, and uh, fast, real fast. He's not he's not burner fast. He's not Jalen Waddle fast. He's not John Ross fast, but he's fast. Um, sex, by, yeah. by college speed, he will outrun pretty much any defender. NFL speed, he's a threat to be reckoned with. But up against the top-tier NFL corners, he's not going to be able to run past them. But he's fast, and he had a really good pro day. Really good pro day. He, um, he, was, a guy, he was a guy that, you know, when we were getting ready into the season, like, where's Tony going to go? And we were all kind of joking around, like, he seems like a lock that a Kansas City would take him to be like a Tariq Hill light type of player. Like, he would fit their offense to a T for all the things that they do and all that, you know, he like that type of mold. He's not three kill, not the, the talent level, but there's some similarities to his game. Yeah. And, you know, for, for only being six feet, he's got a really good vertical jump. He can really go up and get balls and he does. And he's a hands catcher, which is one of the most important things I look at wide receivers. Um, he really is good at, being in space and one-on-one coverage, he's going to do well. Um, and it's it's just the threat. It's him off the line of scrimmage. He does very well uh, with his footwork. He's good in space and he's good after the catch. Not to mention, he's also a special teams guy. Returns punts and kicks and is pretty good at it. I, I mean, I don't watch him like you do, so I don't. I didn't see. I'm not watching highlights. I watch game film, but I haven't watched every Florida game, so I don't know. Did he ever have any fumbles with uh, returning kicks and punts? Uh, none that come to mind. Certainly nothing that was like drastic or anything. I don't recall. He had a uh, return for touchdown against Kentucky, um, this, this past year. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a definite weapon. And again, he's not going to be our number one receiver. So I feel like you could, you know, be more comfortable to have him out there returning punts. It's not like a, you know, you're risking your prime, prime investment. I, I, I would feel comfortable with him back there. Right. Um, and, and I'm not saying that he needs to be or that he should be or anything like that, just stating what I know about Kadarius Tony and what he can do. Um, here's my concern with Tony. Um, I don't care that he's a little bit under six feet. I don't care that he's under 200 pounds. That doesn't bother me. His pro day, like I said, was very good in certain areas. He ran a sub 4440, allegedly. It's a pro day. Um, his bench press was under 10. And so where that worries me is press coverage. Is he going to be able to get a – I mean, we can scheme, right? Because we have Kenny Galladay. We have Sterling Shepard. Darius Slayton's still a very, very good wide receiver. Um, you can stack receivers so that 
he can't be pressed at the line, right? There are ways to scheme around that. You can put him in, in the backfield. And I think that that's something that I don't think he's a running back and I don't think that no. he is what he's in the in the backfield. I don't think he's going to do what he did at Florida. But Daniel Jones is an RPO quarterback and he's very good at it. And putting Tony back there or putting Tony in motion for RPO with Daniel Jones is very wise. I think you can really throw defenses off with the speed of both of those players. Um, and I think that that's something that I haven't seen anyone discuss regarding Kadarius Tony to the Giants yet. Um, otherwise, uh, you know, do you think that this is more of a he kind of looks to me like he's going to be more effective in the slot. I think he can play a little bit outside, but do you think absolutely. this absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Do, so do you think I mean, this is um, writing on the wall for Shepard, for Slayton, or for neither? It's just a he's just a good player, and we'll let the chips fall where they may. I think it's writing on the wall for Slayton. I think it's preparing for life after Shepard. I think it's a combination of the two. I mean, it's a you know I know you we we, we like Slayton, but this is a significant increase in talent over him. Uh, but again, you know, Shepard, it, it's something where, you know, I don't think, I don't know if they're going to resign him again to his second contract. And if not, this is third. the guy who replaced third. I don't think he'll, re, I think it's like I said, I think it's for life after him. It'll be a seamless transition once he's gone. I agree. And, and uh, I think I've discussed Shepard's contract situation. He's signed through for two more years after this year, but there isn't out this year. And there's now the year after. I mean, the the way the dead cap is structured, they can part from him at any time after this year. Um, yeah, they like she- and I don't want to be down on Shepard. Shepard does a lot of things that are really good, especially blocking. And I know that that's you know you don't draft wide receivers or anything for their blocking, but it's it is it is very important that Sterling Shepard is a, is a plus plus blocker. Um, they like him. I I look at it as you know. Th- the Giants are going to have some cap problems in a couple of years. And I think it makes parting Shepard, you know, is one of those painful cuts, but, you know, more palatable that you have a Kadarius Tony waiting in the wings to take over you know, more responsibilities. Cause I think there's going to be a bit of a transition period this year for, for Tony to get to, you know, in the, uh, the NFL game from, you know, playing sec ball for what, for what was asked of him, you know, as great as he was and everything. And he, you know, he was the first, Gator wide receiver pick this year over Trayvon Grimes, I would never say that Kadarius Tony was ever the number one, even receiver. You know, forget forget Kyle Pitts for you know the the tight end hybrid role he had. I mean, Trayvon Grimes is really more the number one receiver. Well, Grimes also has that size. He doesn't have right, exactly, Tony's exactly, speed. exactly, exactly. So I think there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment for him. The one thing I'm going to be interested to see, and I have a little bit of a concern, I guess. Is that uh, he's coming to New York, and he's going to get you know a lot of money that he's never had before, and I just want to see that he can handle all of that coming in here. You know, he's not going to some backwater town. You know, he's a flashy guy. Like I said, he he tried to have a rap career started. You know, while he was in Gainesville, um, and you know, for people like Kyle Brandt from NFL Network, an asshole like him who was just like mentioned, you know. The character concerns about him, and I mentioned this on a podcast earlier this that, week. That also that came up like yesterday. You know, this pre-draft shit has been going on for months and months and months. And Kadarius Tony got a lot of hype following his pro day, and this didn't come up until like the day before the draft. Is very strange. Yeah, people to me. people ran out of things to say. 
about, uh, you know, and just wanted to change the narrative about it. And it's a little strange for someone like him, but, you know, whatever. I mean, he's not a who's not a consensus top 10 pick or something. It's just for to like just to kind of like callously just throw that off without any backing of what that is, is unfair to these guys. And, you know, I'm not considering it a concern at all. I Yeah, I have to say it's it's. It's Bush League to say character concerns and not go in any detail whatsoever. I mean, that's not even reporting at that point. That's borderline defamation of character. I mean, I don't know. You're not saying anything. You're just shitting on a guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. what, what that is. I mean, I, I don't know that he gave any details on what the concerns ever were. Um, um, that I think that's a valid concern. I would say that his ability to rise to the ranks at Florida and adjust to things on the fly throughout his tenure there uh, speaks highly of his work ethic. So whatever concerns there may be and whatever, I'm not worried about his work ethic. And that's that's a good thing. Um, so, you know, I, I understand what you're saying about the, the fledgling rap career and, you know, being new to the position and having to adjust to the NFL game and being in New York and having money and fame and red carpet yeah. affairs. I get all that. I'm not discounting it, but I will say the positive I see fighting against that is his ability to step up into a more advanced role and flourish. You you don't I know that Trask is a big part of that. I know that Pitts was a big part of that, but he doesn't succeed like that on just raw athleticism the way he did. He he really refined a lot of what he did in the last two years at Florida. Oh, absolutely. It's a night and day difference, and I really haven't seen – you know, of all the years I've been watching Florida football, you know, like the only guys that even compare for making that leap were guys like Travis McGriff back in 98. You know, you know nobody on this podcast like a, even remembers who – I was going to say that sounds like a fake name. No, no, no. It was uh, Lee McGriff's son. You know, but uh, that also nobody in this podcast, nobody, nobody in this podcast knows who he is. But I mean, to make that leap later in their career like that to really, you know, become something is, is kind of a testament to him. And uh, you know, somebody had a talking to him and said, "If you want to make money, you know, be in the league, you got to step it up." And he did. So, okay, so we'll do. By the way, uh, come come Monday or Tuesday, whenever we do it, I'm going to have a much more in-depth thing on every single player the Giants select. So if we're a little short on everything, it's because we're doing these every single night. I'm right. fucking exhausted. And we're, I, I'm, I'm still watching the draft in case we, we trade in while we're recording this. So I, you know, we're doing a million things at once. So don't think that this is all we're going to talk about with Tony. But I do want to talk about what you thought of the pick at 20. I mean, let's start right there. Was there anybody else on the board at that time that you were – feeling a little bit more strong about because to me I would have taken Elijah more if we're going wide receiver there but I was really thinking the pick was going to be Quiddy Pay who I don't love but would have immediately been the best edge guy on our roster but I want to know what you think when we got to 20 I was thinking Elijah Moore um, who I wanted but I had a feeling they were going to take Quiddy Pay so when he kind of like started the name and like stuttered for half a second said Kadarius I was like holy shit like, you know, um, that was a guy I think we said in one of our podcasts earlier this week, we thought maybe watch out for a team like Jacksonville with their second pick taking him in the in the first round. So I don't think he's a reach. I think. No, I don't think you know, he's a reach. I don't want to say that. It's just not what I was expecting or what I would have done. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, this is probably the highest I would have had him slotted before I would have said he was a reach. Uh, he's the, the upper limit of, you know, what is is, you know breath would have been in for being drafted but no i i thought it would be elijah elijah moore and that guy 
again, I saw him in, you know, play against Florida also, and he absolutely wrecked us. He was, he was a nightmare. Um, well, I don't want, I don't but, want to turn this into an Elijah Moore podcast, but I mean, he still is on the board, so we may end up taking him in the second. Who, how, how do I know? But he is a much more refined wide receiver. The concerns I have with Tony with dealing with press coverage and dealing with contested catches and dealing with, um, you know, separating from uh, man coverage, uh, being more of a target. I think I think Elijah Moore immediately is in the starting lineup for us over Darius yeah, Slayton, I, probably. I think Elijah Moore may eventually be a number one receiver in this league. I don't think Darius Tony ever will be a number one, but I think he'll be. Yeah, I think he could be potentially a fantastic Robin to somebody else's Batman. And you got to have that too. I think he compares a little bit to what Tavon Austin was so many years ago, but I think he's better than Tavon Austin. I think he's a more he's shown enough as a wide receiver, whereas. Tavon Austin to me was simply a gadget player in college, and I, I thought that was a big reach at that time. I don't view Kadarius Tony the same way. Um, but now let's talk about the trade the that brought us here and everything. <laughs> so for starters, I love that we traded down. Um, let's I, back up. Okay. Let's let's. I mean, the story has to be told, starting with the the the, uh, the insane trade between Dallas and then uh, Philly, where. You know, Philly once again fucks us pretty much. I don't know. I don't know that they do. I mean, well, let's let's talk about this. So for for Dallas, Dallas moved back once, but I don't know what they got for. I don't know what Dallas got in return, but I can tell you that Dallas is perfectly fine. They moved back two spots. They still get Micah Parsons, who I think is who they were going to get anyway. Well, I mean, you could make an argument that they might have gotten Rashawn Slater to replace Tyron Smith, who has had. Such bad injuries the last couple of years is looking like he's at the very end of his career. Would have also been a perfectly acceptable choice. Both of those guys were still on the board when they picked two picks later. So they got extra picks, plus they still get Micah Parsons. Dallas wins. Philly, I, I mean, I know you think that they fucked us, but they just moved up, got Devontae Smith, and I still don't know what that team is. or what. I mean, to me, Philly is in much more disarray than I think people realize. And no, they just I, lost I, you know, picks to move up to get a wide receiver. Yeah, I don't. I don't think him getting Devonta Smith is necessarily the thing that fucked us. I think, I think all the actions that happened after us. I, I, mm. I, I, did, I did predict we would trade down. You did before the you before and that, Stephanie. but yes, we did. Uh, but I don't. I don't. Mayor, I'm not convinced that was their original plan. I think all of a sudden, once Devonta Smith was taken, that forced us to go to a plan B. And that is what, you know, which to our credit, we didn't just panic and just still take somebody they didn't feel was the right value at 10. They did the smart thing and they traded out of it. And they got, you know, a nice haul for moving down 10 spots and still getting a, a position of need in, in wide receiver. Um, yeah, I, I just... First of all, what is your thinking about trading within your division on draft night? That's the that's, weirdest thing. Is that insanity? or is that, I, I, That's that's, that's weird. Crazy. I mean, Dallas, like I said, Dallas lost nothing on that trade. There was nothing wrong with them trading. They, they weren't going to take Devontae Smith. They don't need a wide receiver. That doesn't help them at all. Like I said, getting Micah Parsons was probably who they were aiming for anyway. Maybe Caleb Farley. I think I think once, the, once Horn and Sertain were off the board, Dallas was like, it's Parsons for us. And I don't think... I'm okay with Parsons' character concerns. I think what we discussed about the Giants not wanting to deal with any chance of, you know, whatever. I think. Yeah, but but why do you want to? Why do you want to help a division team? How do you help? You're not helping Philly. I don't think helped themselves. They are a team that has 
a huge question mark at quarterback. I don't know what their offensive line is really looking like. I know they had a bunch of injuries this year, but also, you know, you've got guys with upcoming expiring contracts. Andre Dillard still hasn't played very well at left tackle. You have no left tackle answer right now. The right tackle yeah, you, is coming. I mean, but you, but you ensured you got a guy, an elite talent coming into your division, and you helped them get him. Who is throwing I mean, to him? Like, it doesn't matter. They'll, they'll get somebody at some point. I can guarantee you. On his, in the, the next the life, five years? I mean, I don't the know. Life, the life of his rookie contract, they will find a quarterback who will throw to him and at least get him the ball. And you know, he's a even you know, so, like, he's the only receiver. You could still double him. Jalen Rager, who's that? Who's that guy who was hot for like one? It began with an F. I don't even remember his fucking name because he had one good game, and Philly fans thought that Ful- Fulgham or something like that. Fulgham. Yeah. 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 No. That, that I mean, he's still the only receiver. I get what you're saying, and it is weird. Yeah. To to help in any way a, a team in your division move up to get who they want. I mean, really, it's not what they got. It's the fact that they got who they wanted. Yeah, the Cowboys aren't playing this 4D chess with, okay, if we if we get Philly into this trap, they're going to waste more draft picks, and then they'll be screwed down the line further. They're not that smart. We no, know the Cowboys but, but here's, the, here's the other thing. Here's what I actually think. I don't think that Philly needed Devontae Smith. I don't think that they really wanted him the best. I think they did a rookie move because their GM is actually stupid. Um, and I think that they wanted to prevent us from getting who we wanted, which is not a way to draft talent. That is yeah, that is, build, that is the wrong way to build a, a team, especially a team that's a mess right now. Um, and I think that's what they did. I think they didn't want us to get Smith, so they took him. That doesn't so basically help every so so everything the Eagles have done since you know last January is basically to cock block us and anything we want to do. Congratulations, you know, they're, it they're, hasn't worked yet. We beat them twice. Yeah, they're put, or, no. yeah but you know they're they're putting in four string quarterbacks so we don't make the playoffs. They are, you know, you know, biting off, cutting off their nose to spite their face by drafting guys so we can't get them. I mean, if that's the kind of cheap shit they're going to do. You're right; it's not going to it's only going to hurt them in the future. But you know, it did it did set off a series of events that we probably wouldn't have done before. Well, so, okay, um, you say that, but here's 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 the difference here. Here's where I don't think that that necessarily was a plan B for us. I think we legitimately got a call that we liked because Rayshon Slater was still on the board. And Slater is, in my opinion, a potential for an all-pro guard, and we need a guard. But he's also a very good tackle. So what you get him at this year is you let him compete with Matt Parrott. And you let the best player be tackle. If Matt Parrott is actually good enough that you feel can play tackle, then you have a guard and a tackle. You don't lose by taking Rashawn Slater. So I don't know how the Giants couldn't want Slater. So with him still on the board, I think they legitimately got a phone call from Chicago that they were willing. They were like a first rounder next year, a fifth this year, a fourth next year too. Oh, I I, I think also what what was offered to them. Knock their socks off, and they probably weren't prepared for. That's what I'm saying. I don't that think that. Too. I don't think that they were forced into a plan B. I think they were going to take Slater, and um, they got that call, and they were like, "Hell yeah, we'll do that." And that may that may be a pretty interesting pick next year too. Dude, you get two yeah. first round picks next year. That's perfect. I don't know how yeah. anybody could argue with that. I'm seeing. Oh no, I'm saying it could be potentially a really good pick because they're going to. I'm sure they're going to start Justin Fields as as a as a rookie and it'll probably be yeah you know, that, that, okay that was my next conversation struggle, where is Chicago, because he's a rookie where's Chicago going to end up in that division next year uh, I think we play them so that's that's interesting we play, we play them in Chicago yeah um, so we actually, always play them there it's so fucking annoying um, 
it's kind of annoying. <laughs> um, but you know, do you think they beat out the? Pa- I mean, I don't. Even, I don't want to talk about Aaron Rodgers on this, but assuming Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback for Green Bay this year, they're not better than the Packers. They're not. No. I don't think that they're better than the Vikings. They might wind up third in that division. The Lions suck. Hey, I mean, yeah, I mean, but yeah, they probably downgraded a quarterback. <laughs> also, Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. With Jared well, Goff as opposed to Matt Stafford. Yeah, and I, I honestly think that Chicago made a lateral move at quarterback for 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 the immediate next year. I think that I think that Fields can. They got Fields, right? Not Mac Jones. Fields. Fields. Um, Who they, I am. I am very high on. Are you? And I think he. I think he'll be really, really good. And I. But of course, you know, I don't think it's going to be. He's not going to come into the league and completely light everything up. I, I think it's going to. It's going to take a little bit for him. But I think he's going to be just fine. I mean, we'll, we'll also see how the rest of the draft goes. Obviously, I mean, they could. Somebody could fall to the Bears next round. That's outstanding. Or but something. more often, but more often than not, a when you throw a rookie quarterback into the mix, they're usually going to struggle that first year. Um. Yeah, I agree. So, all right. So, I think Chicago probably winds up third in the division next year. Um, I want to look at their schedule because I, I want I want to get a general idea of what that pick will be. Um, I'm I'm very that pick, interested. That, could be, that pick may or may not be the better pick. It, I mean, I think. Look, I, I, we talked about we, we talked about this with Chris. You know, it's playoffs or bust for us. I think that we are first or second in the division this year, in my opinion. Right now, that's what I'm thinking. Based on what has happened so far, we're the most improved in the offseason. And I know that means dick, but I can only go on what I can go on right now. Um, And, you know, we've got momentum. We've got a coach, I think, is probably... Hmm. Is he the best coach in division? I'm low on Mike McCarthy, lower than most people. Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera is yeah. pretty good coach, but you know, Ron Rivera is a good coach, and McCarthy's a good coach too. You may be down on him, but he's he's a pretty good coach. And yeah, I mean, but as an entire coaching and... staff, right? As an entire coaching staff, I think we have a very accomplished group of guys in there. Um, we have we we definitely could we could definitely hold an argument with anybody who's having the best overall coaching staff in the, in the division. I mean, yeah, I mean, shit, we have the biggest in the I mean, division. I mean, I mean the most coaches. Well, I mean, look at like look at Dallas. I mean, did they did they uh, launch Nolan already, or is he back? I thought they launched I him, but I don't know. Back. I don't know that they have a defensive coordinator yet. I actually don't know the answer. All right, to that. So. <laughs> um, but I I, I want to look at uh, Chicago Bears. We don't have a schedule yet, but um, uh, opponents twenty twenty one. Let's let's take a look at this. They have. Okay, so Lions, Vikings, Packers. I think they're probably splitting with my Minnesota. They're getting swept <coughs> by Green Bay and they're sweeping Detroit, right? So that's three and three in the division. And they play what? Uh, what they're AFC playing, division? They, well, they play Baltimore. That's a loss. Um, San Francisco, uh, I think, is a is a great team right now. I don't know how they yes. could not be. So that's a loss. Well, they, for they're, they're probably gonna have a rookie quarterback too. Did they not get Matt Stafford? San Francisco? Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's that's L.A. Yes, they have um, – They just drafted Trey Lance. Trey I mean, it depends Lance. on what happens with Garoppolo. Are they going to keep Garoppolo for a year and, and bring Lance along slowly or are they going to trade him? You know, As of this moment, Garoppolo is still on the roster. I mean it may even be that it depends on when in the year they play them. 
You know what I mean? Like if it if they play them in in December, it may be Lance, and they play them in in September, it may be Garoppolo. You know what I if mean? If they're playing, if they're playing, if they're playing Lance in December, that means their season has gone really bad. No, uh, maybe. Or, or Garoppolo got hurt. Oh, that's true too. I mean, the the, the example of uh, of Eli coming in for uh, Warner was pretty unusual at the time. I understand, but if they yeah. are. If they're fighting for a playoff spot, that means they're pretty good, and that means that you know Lance is watching. So, so uh, I still think they lose to San Francisco um, because that's a, that's a stacked roster right there. I think they lose to Three. Baltimore. I don't know how do you feel about them versus Arizona. I think Arizona probably wins that game too. Um, yeah, I think they'll probably. beat Cincinnati though. Um, uh, what what we, we see what the story is with Burrow coming back. Yeah, well, I mean, I, even if he comes, I, Cincinnati is is a several pieces away from being super competitive, and they they didn't fix their offensive line as of yet. They went out right. and got Jamar Chase, and as but, far as I we, know, but, Joe Burrow could break his other fucking leg. But when you got a guy who can throw for 450 yards at any moment, even with that shitty offensive line, you know, it's it's not a given. It's not you know, I wouldn't write that one in pen. I'm not writing it in pen, but Burrow's current without fixing that offensive line, I'm assuming Burrow is throwing with crutches. So. Um, <laughs> So let's see, three losses, four, five, six losses. Uh, I think they lose to us in the head-to-head, honestly. Uh, since we went head-to-head with them last year, and um, we were much shittier at the time, and it was that was a fairly close game. Yeah. Um, then away they play the Rams, that's a loss. The Seahawks, that's probably a loss. Cleveland, that's probably a loss. Pittsburgh, I don't know. It depends on what the quarterback situation is there. Let's give them a win for that. Tampa Bay's probably a loss. The Raiders might be a win. They're a shitty team. I think that that's going to be the 11th pick, 11th, 12th pick. That's quite a haul. I think so. For for for, for getting, you know, for getting a, a plan B guy that still fills one of your needs, was one of your big needs. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it it all kind of it all kind of worked out in the end. I think uh, you know if um, we didn't, I don't feel like Kadarius Tony was a settle pick or we reached for something. We got some, we got a player of need and you know as a unique skill set that really, who's the last guy we've had on our roster that's been like Kadarius Tony? I'm gonna. It's not ex- it's it's not exactly the same, so don't take this the wrong way. But he's kind of, in my opinion, takes away from what Evan Ingram is in a little bit, a little way, right? Like Evan Ingram is supposed to be this speedy mismatch guy who's also got some height that Tony doesn't have, but he can't catch. So, I mean, he's kind of that that dude. I we've never really. When have we had a gadget guy? Um. Or just like a real twitchy guy that's just, you know, watch out when the ball's in his hands. He can create something out of nothing as Beckham, a receiver. Does that count? Because Beckham oh, yeah, is, was guess. so much more of a wide receiver. I mean, he was yeah. – he is he still might be a top five but, route runner in the NFL. But Beckham's – yeah, Beckham's a, a bona fide one. Yes, and he, he so, was I mean, right out of the gates. If yeah, he didn't have I the mean, injury to start the season, his rookie year, I mean, he would have been – he would have beaten Randy Moss records. I just just saying that for a rookie. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of anybody that was twitchy like that. I mean, you go back further and further. Dominic Hickson, maybe. Yeah, but this this is this is better than Dominic Hickson. Yes, this is better than Dominic, but it's it's the same style guy. Because yeah. I mean, Hickson 
was kind of forced once the Burris injury happened. Uh, he was forced into being a legitimate wide receiver, but he wasn't ready for that. He wasn't very good at that. He was traded for from Denver, I think, and he was pretty much a punt and kick return guy when we got him. Um, right. And then he was just kind of like Burris shot himself, and uh, that sounds bad when I say it like that. Burris, Burris well, got he did. A, yeah, I, it, it sounds <laughs> like he fact. killed himself. Um, killed our uh, season. Yeah, he did. Um, Eric Stokes went before Tyson Campbell. How about that? Um, oh, by the I, way, when you always see that, uh, I believe when you keep seeing the Kyle Pitts uh, touchdown against Georgia, that was against Stokes. Yes, um, but he torched everybody in that game. Yeah. <laughs> he And he torched Alabama. He torched J.C. Horn. Every, everybody everywhere. Yeah. yeah. But I, I was I was more high on Eric Stokes than I was Tyson Campbell. So this, And I think I'm the only one. So that's interesting to me. He actually went before Campbell. Anyway, sorry, off track. I'm watching this live. It's hard to not be excited. Um, I'm okay with this pick. I'm just okay with it. I, I don't hate it at all. It's fine, and especially for the trade, great. I was really worried we were going to take Aziz Ojolari, who I'm super-duper low on compared to everybody else. I think he's not exciting. I think the fact that Stone Forsyth completely shut him out. Bobby uh, posted that... Um, Breakdown, not a breakdown, but it was just like a, a, a cut up of Forsyth versus Ojolari, and he didn't get anywhere near Trask. Um, that worries me because Forsyth is not an NFL tackle right now. You um, know, they, they they just showed a highlight of uh, Stokes in the Florida Georgia game just take a ball right out of Tony's hands <laughs> and ran it back for a pick six. That was kind of a it was kind of a shitty throw too. It was a little behind uh, Tony, but he basically just kind of. They made a really good athletic play and, and took it and ran it back to the house. Stokes is good, man. Um, yeah. I, you know, like I said, Tony, he's going to take some adjusting, but he's a natural hands catcher, and that's super important to me. He's quick, twitchy, he's fast. I like him on the slot vertical route that he does. He kind of does. He, he was very good at running that. I guess it's like a seam, maybe like a slot post. I don't know. But it, it's, it's. And that was all new this year. Mm-hmm. He never. We never. You know, uh, scheme for him to do that. He never ran those routes before. That's all new. So and sliding him right nope. in. Let's just say you, we run a. a, a four, I mean, we don't do this often right now with with the the Jason Garrett offense. We're very big on tight ends in our offense, and I'm not talking about Ingram. I mean, we're talking about twelve personnel, thirteen personnel. You know, we don't do this a lot, but just thinking of um, you know, say it's first and first and five because you got a false start. Okay. First and five, why not just throw four wide receivers out there? You get two two left, two right. Sterling Shepard and Tony in the slots. Darius Slayton, Kenny Galladay on the outside. You, just, you, you have small designs like that to start him with. S- somebody's got to try and cover the speed that you have with Slayton and Tony. So, Sure. Uh, I mean, I like – and even if you just – I mean, he's pretty lethal with double moves. He's, he's worked on that. He's – he slips a little bit in and out of routes, but it's hard for me to tell if that's a real thing or if it's just shitty Florida weather on on, on real grass. So, um, just general observations of watching the draft. Um, Steffi made a good point when she was on for rants on her show, and it was just kind of confirmed tonight. What is the stick that Lewis Riddick has up his ass against the Giants? He didn't get the job. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. But I mean, it, it's strict, it's not Giants. It's Gettleman. He mentions him by name. He corrected himself. He was like, they need a playmaker. The Giants, Dave Gettleman needs a playmaker. He corrected himself to say it. 
He, yeah. He, it's it's simply that. He thinks he's fucking smarter than everybody. I think I, – I, I don't have any ill will for the guy. I'm sure he's a good dude. But like if you were so smart, you'd have a job. It, it, it's obvious he has a hard-on for the Giants. And you know, you're right. These guys – you know, it's the same thing in, in basketball uh, on TNT with Kenny Smith. It's like, oh, he should be a GM. He should be a coach somewhere. But there's a reason why he's still an announcer. It's there's something where either he comes across as an incredible asshole in these interviews or he doesn't know as much as you think he think he, he knows. And, you know, it's just like I heard that soliloquy had before the pick. It's like we we have to get an impact player. Why? Yeah, I, I disagree player. with that. I, mean, I, I completely disagree with that. I was, for an impact player. I was sitting yeah. there hoping after we traded down that Elijah Vera Tucker was going to fall, who's not what you consider an impact player, but he would be an immediate start at left guard. I don't care. Will Hernandez, anybody. I mean, he is he's a great left guard, and he's going to the Jets where he'll be next to Mekhi Becton. That's amazing. That's great for them. I was sitting there hoping for that. We don't need an impact player. We need to fix an offensive line, you dick. Yeah. I, I, there's nothing wrong with us getting Kadarius Tony. Getting I I said in my my final final quote unquote my my only mock draft. I'm okay with doubling up on wide receiver and doubling up on offensive line. So, um, but yeah, yeah I mean, he's, he's I, I never doofus. Fuck him. I never realized it before, but it was just like you know, there's just some guys you don't, watch. That, you don't watch ESPN. You don't like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some guys just have hard ons for players or teams or something, and it's obvious that that guy's not an objective guy. And it's yeah, he didn't get the job. I mean, I mean it, the evidence. If you're having the pro-con argument about Gettleman, Gettleman won tonight. <laughs> I mean, I you know, think so. Got, I mean, we we'll got see, one but... of the we got one of the two or three positions of need we filled. We traded down. We got, you know, we don't know how good that these picks will be or something, but we got back a lot more, and we're going to need more draft capital in these next couple of years because we are going to have cap hell coming in a couple of years and we need to have more guys and in, in rookie contracts, you know, to, to, to fill some of that slack. And, um, you know, Chicago, like we just went through, could be a great pick. You never know. I, I believe so, it. So I, I think, he, you know, there's a lot of work to be done still in this draft, you know, between tomorrow and over the weekend and we'll, we'll see what happens. But, uh, how do these, you're a giant how do these, fan. How do these fans get selected for the draft to be there? Oh, I'm just curious. With these is so dumb, you know. And again, this is—I hate ESPN, but this is just a draft thing. It's just the NFL has never figured out that the people that are watching pay attention more to the people that watch football, and as opposed to trying to get all of these, you know, passive people who just want to watch. It just makes it so distracting for all of us. I mean, we don't need to hear. A, a fucking band play when it's eight twenty, you know it's a draft. We're not here. We don't care. You know, it could be Led Zeppelin reuniting. It's like that's great. Get on with the picks. <laughs> it's not why I'm watching TV. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Um, I do want to just real quick. I, I want to wrap this up because we we've we've done so much work. We've got more work to do tomorrow and the day after that. So, um, I do since we mentioned what Philly and Dallas did, we might as well mention that. Uh, I think Ron Rivera fell out of his chair reaching for Jameen Davis. Oof, oh my gosh. Yeah. He's a he's a special player, but he's all traits, dude. He's not, I, I I didn't have him slotted to late second, early third. So, I mean, they're a good defense already. So, I mean, getting him in there, there's no rush for him to do anything except special packages and to learn and grow. But, I mean, they could have gotten better. 
it's another team that has a boatload of uh, needs. You know, there's all sorts of concerns. Um, so you're not buying into the fact that they're the hit pick to win the division, huh? I didn't say that. I just, you know. No, I'm just saying just in general about Washington because they seem to be getting the buzz of like, hey, Washington is a quarterback away from being really, really good. Sure, but that's you know, the so. mo- that that's like saying my car is a wheel away from being the best car to from winning NASCAR. <laughs> Do you know what right. I mean? Like, and and in the first round, they made no move. I, I know that they're not in a position to get a quarterback there, but they didn't move up to get one. They sat pat, and then they reached for a defensive player where they don't really need that help right now. There's nothing wrong. Right. I mean, that doesn't help them in that case. I'm not saying it's a bad pick and it won't pay off in the in the coming years, but to win next year, that pick doesn't help them. I don't think. Yeah. That's my. I mean, I'm an amateur. And I could be completely wrong. I'll wear and, my L hat. For and that it's one, weird. But. It's weird to be making picks for future like that when you're trying to rebuild. And you know, they're, they're gonna. There's gonna be some expectations for them this year. Like I said, they're kind of the trendy pick in the uh, in the East this year. Sure. All right. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna call this one at 40 minutes here because you know it's only day that, one. That we got. Good. We got day two. We got uh, two picks tomorrow, and now we have. Uh, what did we say? We have a fourth, two fifths, and two sixths on day three. So we got a busy day three. I gotta go on NFL.com and get my Kadarius Tony jersey. I so want screenshots. I want to see it in 25, your car. Twenty-five years. So I guess almost to the day when I got my I kill your jersey. Last time the Giants had a much better receiver. <laughs> What's that? Much better receiver. I kill your. I kill your. is an all-time Mount Rushmore receiver of Florida, and Kadarius Tony is a very solid one but i think for the needs of you know why we drafted uh ike versus why we're drafting Kadarius, they both fit the needs of what we're looking for yeah i agree all right man so we we, will have another episode tomorrow night oh shit so so yeah you guys are listening to this friday morning uh saturday morning before day three you'll have an episode recapping day two from us and then you won't hear from us until next week but we will have full breakdowns on our picks for the draft. I will do all that work. We'll talk about everything. I'll have the whole yeah. weekend to do it. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see you. We'll see you in the same, same place, same time. So um, be sure to follow and subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google play, and follow me on Twitter at football underscore grump. I've been kind of an, a madman all day today and I probably will be tomorrow as well. Yeah, you can find me at the Cranky Fan where I'm a madman for a hundred reasons. But um, yeah, it's been great interacting with everybody in the last few days for other things that are going on. And we appreciate all – a lot of new people have been listening to the show. You know, We've had a, we had an all-star um, group of guests who brought in a lot of new people for us. So we really appreciate it. So hopefully you are all subscribing to us on iTunes and SoundCloud and Google Play and you know uh, all the usual iHeartRadio and uh, – uh, you know all of them because you know we uh, we really enjoy this and we're glad we have more people listening. And that's no shade it. to our our OG Frank the Tank, but uh, I just want to let you know that your your immediate breakdown of Tony was retweeted and liked by Dave Gettleman's parody account. That's, that's oh, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, everyone. We will see you tomorrow morning. Go Giants. Okay.